Hey everyone, welcome to the Haunted Washington podcast. It's been about two years since our last episode aired. Um, I kind of took a break to finish grad school. Things got a little busy and uh, now that I have a little more bandwidth, I figured fall would be a good time to kick this back up with a second season. So what I'm going to feature in this season is some more firsthand accounts from haunted locations, listener stories, uh, and then some more unique spooky locations in the haunted state of Washington. Um, Thank you all for your support and messages on Instagram. A lot of the reason I want to get back into this is because I had so many people reach out saying how much they liked it and how much they wanted to hear more episodes. So um, if you aren't following our Instagram, it's at Haunted Washington. Feel free to shoot us a DM if you have any questions or if you want to reach out and suggest a new location. If we missed anything in your town maybe that you know about. Or if you have your own experience that you want us to share. Um, You know, that's what we're there for. Uh, It's been great seeing the community online and having people kind of reach out, provide pictures and video and whatnot. So that's been awesome. Um, That's at Haunted Washington. Um, So some other projects I'm working on are getting some Haunted Washington gear, um, maybe getting out a Haunted Washington book with, uh, you know, more pictures and a lot of these stories in book form, and then um, more personal accounts from different locations that we're going to cover. That's for everyone who's still listening. uh, Here's a story about a college student's encounter with a phantom car driving across I-90 in Washington State. Thanks again for your support. It was a couple of years ago when I was going to college in Eastern Washington. My boyfriend at the time lived in Western Washington and didn't have a car, so I was usually the one that had to drive over the pass to visit. It was after finals when summer break had started when I went over to visit him and things did not go as planned. We got in a huge fight around midnight. I don't even remember what it was about, probably something stupid. We weren't very good at the whole long distance thing. Anyway, I left in the middle of the night to go back to campus. I still had a lot of packing to do in my dorm, so I figured I might as well get a head start on it if I wasn't gonna be hanging out with him anymore. In Washington, there's really like only two ways to go over the mountains to get to the east side. You can take Highway 2 across Stevens Pass or I-90 across Snoqualmie Pass. Highway 2 is much prettier during the day and a little bit longer, but it's usually worth the extra time. You get to drive through Leavenworth and other cute small towns along the way. But I left my boyfriend's house around 11.30ish and was not feeling like driving through the mountains in the dark, so I went with I-90. I normally tend to speed, but it was at nighttime, and I, at the time, I was driving a 73 Chevy Nova. Now, I know what you're picturing, and it is not a hot rod, but it had lots of power. But with the power came a lack of air conditioning, lack of reliability, and a cost of about 10 miles per gallon for gas. It's all I had, though. So on these summer nights to keep cool, I'd just put down the windows, let the warm, dewy summer air rush in to try and keep cool. But even with this airflow, the vents blew out hot air from the 350 engine as I muscled up that pass. 
I wasn't far into the east side of the mountains yet. I was somewhere before Ellensburg, and I hit a long stretch of straight road that did not have any on-ramps or off-ramps for miles. So this is a great place to speed because you don't have to worry about state patrol hiding. When I was about a mile into the straightaway, I noticed headlights appear behind me, about like a quarter mile back. I glanced back over my shoulder to make sure I was really seeing this since there's no way the person could have gotten on the freeway behind me. And I was pretty sure I didn't pass any state patrol officers hiding in the median. But since I was doing a little speeding, I thought maybe I was gonna get pulled over and I just happened to miss them. I was doing a little bit over the speed limit since that was all I could do, but I thought maybe I may have missed him. I maintained my speed since I was pretty much already caught, and if they were going to pull me over, they were going to pull me over. The lights seemed to be closing in on me fast. I decided to just switch lanes to the right and slow down to the speed limit in case the car either wanted to stop me for speeding or if it was a car that just wanted to pass. The headlights switched lanes with me, and now they were only about 200 feet back. And this is about where I realized this was not a cop. Something about the way they changed lanes and the fact that they hadn't turned on the overhead lights let this set in. The way they were driving was aggressive. They were swerving in and out of the lane, rapidly changing their speed. It made me so nervous, my stomach just felt like in knots. It's kind of like the feeling you get when you go over a small dip in the road too fast. The realization that something is not okay. I heard the engine of the car behind me rev to a red line as it started to rapidly close that distance. It went from 200 feet, now to 100 feet, then 50. Shit. It was right up on me then. My steering wheel jolts to one side, and my head is launched back into the headrest as I feel the force of the impact between our cars. I look up in a panic, but the lights are gone. I look around to the left and to my right, then over my shoulder, and nothing. The lights were gone. My breath was beginning to fog, and I started to realize my windshield was frozen like when you get into your car on a winter morning. The whole car was completely iced over. At this point, I'm shaking. I have a cold sweat and I'm on the verge of tears. But I decide to pull over and just check out the damage since that car has completely disappeared, despite being able to barely see it out of the fog and the frozen windshield. I found a gravel turnout, got out of my car, walked back and forth to survey the damage, but I was equally horrified and relieved to see that there was no damage at all. No broken taillights, no paint transfer, or any sign of impact. The vehicle that hit me didn't leave any damage, and then it disappeared after the collision. I felt like I must be going crazy. I was about to call 911 and report what had happened, but I realized they would probably not believe my story or think I was drunk driving. 
and I couldn't even find the words to explain it, so I just put my phone away. I got back in my car, made it back to the dorm, where I woke up my roommate to tell her what had happened. She was much more earthy and spiritual than me, so she believed it completely. We got packed up, and I told her I was going to drive her home to Bellingham for the summer since she didn't have a car. She was excited for me to drive her. She wanted me to point out where this all had happened, and I initially couldn't find the spot until I saw that gravel turnout. About 500 feet west of that turnout was a cross with a wreath on it. The date on the cross was the same day I had that incident with the car, but there was no year on it. The area around the cross was pretty overgrown, so it had to have been there for years. The fact that that cross was there in the same spot where I had turned out made me feel like I was there again. Getting those chills, feeling that anxiety, it also didn't help that I had my roommate there who was just adding on to the story and making me feel like it was all real. We stopped at a little dive bar for lunch and to comprehend exactly what we saw. She was telling our friend who stayed back at campus over the summer about it on the phone, and we were just waiting for our food when some older random guy looked like he was listening to her. He got really upset and he paid for his drink. When he walked out, he paused at our table, looked at us and said, I have seen that car too. He quickly left before we could even ask him anything about it. I made up with my boyfriend when we went back and he didn't blame my story. He rationalized it as me being overtired or emotionally heightened, just like any other female would be. The next time I drove back to Eastern Washington at night, I took Stevens Pass instead. I have not gone back to I-90 since that night and will never again. Thanks for listening to the Haunted Washington podcast. If we missed any spots that you know of, or if you have suggestions for future episodes, please reach out to our Instagram at Haunted Washington. Shoot us a DM and let us know. You can support this podcast by subscribing on whatever app you're using. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to our cause on our anchor page linked in our Instagram. Tune in to see if your town is going to be the next one featured on Haunted Washington. <laughs>